Welcome to the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood with John Paul Basham. Yo. We are here for another fantastic episode with you. Merry Almost Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, podcast listener. The greatest gift that you could give us this year is leaving that rating and review. (laughs) So (laughs) we would appreciate it if you would go and do that. Uh, thanks in advance for taking that time. Only takes about 30 seconds, uh, words and stars. That'd be awesome. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Chasing Love, the brand new study from Sean McDowell. And it's a fantastic one. If you haven't listened to the week of focus we gave to this back in November, uh, we did four podcast episodes, one every day, all around uh, this study and some of the content in it. So Chasing Love, uh, by Sean McDowell. And the thing that we're kind of saying about it is you can see God's answers to questions about love, sex, gender, and relationships. This is a really important study at a key time. And uh, we're thankful to be able to partner with Sean to do that. So you can find out more at lifeway.com slash chasing love. For today's episode, we're going a little bit Christmassy, John Paul. It's that time of year. And so here we are. We're going a little Christmassy today. I'm down. Let's do it. So we have, uh, we're going to talk about reindeer. Um, But I think you'll find it to be very interesting, the conversation we have about reindeer. Because as we talk through this, I know, student pastors, um, you're going to be thinking of students in your ministry. Um, So we've done a little bit of work here. And we're going to talk about a reindeer and we're going to liken it to a certain student in your ministry and then talk about how we can specifically minister to or pastor or some things to look out for related to uh, to that specific reindeer or student in your ministry. So um, let's start off with this one. Blitzen. All right. Now, I want you to think for just a moment uh, about Blitzen the reindeer being a student in your ministry, and what things come to your mind when you think about blitzing the reindeer as a teenager in your ministry? Do you have them? Okay, great. Well, uh, what we have, what we've labeled blitzing <laughs> as here for, for it was a quick thought for our purposes uh, is the hyper, the hyper kid. Do you, have you, John Paul? Has there ever been a hyper student in in student ministries that not like? normal but like you know this is blitzing right here bouncing off the walls i mean it, anybody that's done student ministry for one night has <laughs> identified the kids the blitzing kids in the student ministry yeah absolutely man there was one uh i won't say his name it, in alabama specifically it, he was the hat grabber you know, this kid, like every time you would wear a hat, he would just come up and jump on your back or grab the hat and run away and all of that. Uh, it's the kid, when I do uh, my talk on student ministry that matters, I talk about different kinds of students in your ministry. Um, and I make a comment about even the sixth grader who changes your phone to Portuguese every time he gets a chance. That is modeled after this specific student that I have in my mind. Uh, They can be challenging, um, but I think one of the things to remember about this student is you get that energy pointed in the right direction and it can be really, really awesome for them and the student ministry. 
Yeah, I think what's often a lot of fun about these kids is that there's a whole lot of joy. All of that energy is normally pointed in a pretty joyful direction. They're they're there for the party. They're they're ready to have fun. They're ready to run. And and although this is the kid that's often like only ever a quarter of the way in their seat, you know, they're tapping their feet, they're ready to launch out of wherever you have them sitting at any moment. It's it's exactly what you said. When you point that joy and that energy in the right direction, they can be infectious kids in your student ministry that, that really can be that beacon that you're hoping your kids will learn to be for the gospel. Totally. Man, I think one thing to remember about these students too, and this is by no means the case every single time, but I do think when you have that student, that that blitzing reindeer in your ministry, one thing to think about is just, hey, I wonder why that behavior is that way. Sometimes it might just be who they are in that stage of life. Other times it might be something that they're acting out because of something that's going on or, Hey, like I need attention in this way because of some things that are happening in my life. So uh, again, I don't want to say that that's, it's certainly not the case every single time, but I think that is a good thing to think about when we think about pastoring this type of students. It's just to keep in our mind, I wonder what's going on. And maybe that could lead us into a further discussion conversation with them just to learn more about their life, to see if there's something that needs to be, uh, needs to be pastored well in that moment. I think too, sometimes, because these students can be on the annoying side sometimes, <laughs> we we sometimes don't give them the opportunities that we give other students. Um, yeah. And I think that's a big mistake because if any kid needs a job in any moment or a role to focus that energy, it's that kid. And so part of the secret to having success with that kind of kid is giving them that responsibility. Give them a job, give them a place to point all of that energy and enthusiasm and not set them off to the side because you interpret all of that as uh, something that you just can't wrangle. Like there's there's no way that I'm ever going to get this kid focused in the right direction. You're actually making it worse by doing that than if you were to just bring them in and say, okay, Let's, let's point you somewhere and let you take mm, off. That's good. Well, reindeer number two uh, is Comet. John Paul, what, do you th- what, do you, what comes to your mind when you think about Comet the reindeer? Well, the popular and easy to gravi- gravitate to kid. Th- this is kind of a two-sided thing because we've talked about sometimes student ministries build strategies around trying to go get these kids, thinking that these kids are going to be the gatekeepers to all the rest of the kids. Yeah. Do you, and we've hit this before, but what do you think about this, about that kind of a strategy? Yeah, man, I, I think it can be a really destructive strategy. Uh, I, so, I, and I'll talk about it in a couple of different ways. One, students who are influential will influence other students. So yeah. that part about it is true. However, if we, organize a student ministry around only the comets in our community, then we're leaving out all of the other students. We, in setting a strategy to go after those specific ones, 
we are in essence creating a strategy that purposefully leaves out the reaching and ministering to the other groups of students. They're all not like this. They're all not easy to gravitate towards. They're all not the popular ones. They're all not the athletic ones or whatever's popular in your community. And so while I think influential students will be influential, we can't leave out the other ones because here's the reality of it is that every student is influential with someone. They all have a nucleus or a core of people that they can influence. And we just can't, we can't leave those out. And oftentimes, and I've seen this uh, up close and personal, is that a student ministry can spend so much time going after the comets and the comets never pan out the way that you think they will. Now, again, th that's the example that I've seen personally. Uh, certainly it doesn't happen every time, but we just, I think we have to be really careful in building that kind of strategy. Yeah, I think it's dangerous when that is your strategy. You know, I, I'm going to go into these two or three schools. I'm going to find the influencers and that's how I'm going to win the rest of the kids. Yeah. But I don't think it's bad as a part of what you're trying to do. You know, try to go yeah. find. I mean, we've had examples in our ministry together where, you know, one kid gets reached and then that kid, because of who they are, all of a sudden this kid has brought 13 or 14 other kids to church. And, and it's one of those like, you know, it really is like a comet. I mean, just watching them take off and bring so many people with them. But that's not going to be the rule. That's often going to be the exception. So I think that's part of a, um, a multifaceted strategy. Can I find these influencers that'll be gatekeepers, uh, you know, or gate openers for yeah. me and some of these other kids? But you've also got to be looking for all the rest of the kids too and trying to reach all the rest of those kids. So it's just as important um, to build a relationship with the quarterback of the football team as it is the drum major um, and everybody else in between. Yeah. Or the third row clarinetist. Right. Whatever. I don't know if that's how you say that word, but man, I think another, uh, another piece of this too is that there are, uh, there are students that you're going to have in your ministry, right? Like those are the cards that you've been dealt, so to speak. Those, those are the reindeer that are in the barn. If we're going to keep going with, it, with our, <laughs> our example here, those are the ones you have. And I've had conversations with student pastors before where it's like, man, I just don't identify with any students in my ministry. And so I've got to go find ones that I identify with and get them in here. And again, Yes, to the go find more students and minister to them. But the answer to not being able to identify with a group of students in your ministry is not to, I got to go find ones that do, but it's to find a way to identify with them, either yourself or by finding another adult volunteer that is like that and that can disciple them and pastor them in a really significant way. Uh, what about pastoring? We, we've talked about like the strategy part of this and uh, the other students. What would you say about pastoring this student specifically? Because people don't know this maybe about you. Uh, 
but you would probably fit into this category. One of the more popular kids and kind of easy to gravitate towards people liked in high school, like that kind of like of the reindeer we're talking about. That's the one that you that you fit in. So how can how can someone pastor this type of student? Man, I think this is similar to what we said about and and I I mean, you would hear a theme just from what the journey that I think the Lord brought me through as a student pastor, as I answer how to minister to all of these kids. But just like I would say, the Blitzen student needs the opportunity to lead and thrive and have a job, have a role. I I think this is one of those places. It's probably a little easier here with with your comments. Hmm. But to find where they're gifted uh, and where they're passionate, of course, when they're ready to take on those roles of leadership, when they're, you know, spiritually prepared, you've poured in what you need to and and you've shown that they've responded the way they need to. You don't just put the popular kid up because they're popular and give them all the responsibility in your ministry. Yeah. But let's just assume every everything's in place. Man, that's a kid that can get up and say something that you've said 10,000 times. They say it one time and all the kids listen. Mm-hmm. And so that is influence to leverage 100% of the time. Put them up there, let them lead, and watch the kids follow. Yeah. Man, that's a good, that's a good, good word. I think the, the only thing I would say about pastoring the students, just remember, they are not a vehicle for you to get more students there. Like, they're actually a person in this. Yeah, that's good. And if if they're just a tool to get more people in the building, they're going to see right through that. And I think to speak to my little story earlier and it not turning out the way it was thought, I think that was definitely part of that equation is that they just saw, man, I'm just, you don't care about me. You care about the influence that I can bring. Um, yeah. All right. Next ones. We're going to do, uh, we're going to put two of them together here. Um, Dasher and Vixen. And we've got two reindeer. And uh, this is this is the couple that you sometimes find in the back hallway or up in the baptistry <laughs> area or that sneak off together at camp. Let's be honest. We've all had those from time to time. Have you ever be, been accused of being a dasher or a vixen as a student in ministry? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> you? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I think I played the dasher role on a few occasions. <laughs> <laughs> the baptistry hallway. And so Why is sim- it always the baptistry. Like that's Man, the question I have. It's dark back there and it's secluded. <laughs> There's doors that close. People don't go back there until they want to baptize somebody. Yeah. That's true. So the solution here is to baptize more people. <laughs> That's how we're going to raise the baptism counts. I, I think it is also too to just realize the segment of people you're doing ministry to. This is something that can get super frustrating and that you can just kind of, I mean, sometimes this kind of stuff just makes you want to blow your lid. But you have to realize, I mean, you've been there too. And that and that's, I think, part of what's helpful for me. Like, okay, I get it. Like, I know how you feel. You know, I, I wanted to sneak off into some back corner too. And so it's, it's contextualizing, making sure that you remember who you're talking to and, and, and who they're listening to and how to get their attention. And 
you know, these aren't these aren't just evil kids. Their kids are going through some really natural things in their life that are that have got their hormones through the roof. And that's just part of ministering to students. I think grace is a key component of this conversation. With this one, as I was thinking about how to talk about this specific thing, because I think you've said what needs to be said already uh, in terms of the students. I think one of the areas that this gives an opportunity for is coaching adult leaders who experience this, who are the ones that either come to you and say, I saw so-and-so walking off with this person, you know, all of that kind of stuff. This is a moment, I think, to coach leaders on exactly what you've just said. Let's remember who we're ministering to. Let's remember uh, who they are, what they're like. Let's remember that they're not going to make every perfect decision all of the time. And it is a, it's a moment to say, hey, let's, Take a breath. They don't need to be kicked out of the student ministry right now. They don't need to be brought on stage and like publicly shamed for what's just happened. And and a lot of times those adult leaders tend to react at an eight or nine on the scale. And it's, it's, it's our opportunity to say, hey, this is really not that high on the stress reaction meter right here. Yeah. And the other thing is that it's your job to remove the opportunities. So, you know, we've talked about this before, too. When we showed up to Liberty together, one of the first things that people told us was, man, y'all got to do something about these kids that are getting up here and having sex in the baptistry hallway. And Ben said, why don't y'all lock that door? (laughs) 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 It's like... There's a pretty easy solution. That door's got a lock on it, and you guys should have had the key. You, This is not hard. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's part of it, too. Just thinking ahead of time and removing those opportunities. If there's not a door, put a person there. Sit them in a chair and say, hey, if you'll just sit here and read this book and make sure kids don't have sex back here, that'll be a huge win for our ministry. <laughs> that's what it says on the leader job description, too. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, All right. So we can't talk about reindeer without talking about the most famous reindeer of all. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like we have to talk about Rudolph here. Got to. Um, And Rudolph, you know, I think a lot of people uh, know Rudolph for the nose shining so bright and guiding the sleigh and being out in front. Um, but there is another side to Rudolph too. If you've, if you've seen the movie, uh, he never got to play Monopoly with any of the kids. No, he didn't. Uh, he was left out. He was made fun of. He was the most unlikely person, uh, reindeer, (laughs) he was not a person, uh, most unlikely reindeer. Um, and man, I think more so than the Comets and more so than the Blitzens and more so than the Dasher and Vixens. Student ministries are full of the most unlikely ones that could make such a difference that can grow so strong in their faith. Um, 
I, I think like that's a common thing that we miss a lot of, a lot of times. That's right. And often because we're chasing after all of these other kids uh, and, and because it's just easier to do ministry with the kids that are, you know, in your face all the time and want to be around you and want to take part in things, we neglect the Rudolphs. But if we look at the model of scripture, we see Jesus chasing after the marginalized. Yeah. And so to reach out to these, I think, is to be really fulfilling this call in student ministry in a healthy way that models the way that Jesus fulfilled his own earthly ministry. Yeah. And these Rudolphs, man, to see to see these students that are the ones that have been made fun of and have been overlooked in every other arena of their life, to see them realize God's calling on their life and begin to live in that calling and be active in that calling in your ministry is to see them come to life. And there's not a whole lot more rewarding than seeing that kind of kid just blossom in realizing what's got, what God's called them to be and, and what he's called them to do. That's one of those. It's just, uh, there's almost some selfish motivation in it for me. Like I, I know when this kid opens up and starts living this out, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think uh, the thing I'd say about this kid is that, man, I hope that, that in student ministry, we do everything that we can to make sure that there's an environment where the most unlikely have an opportunity to be seen and heard and just like you articulated it. Additionally, I hope that we do everything we can to where the made fun of and left outside doesn't happen in student ministry. Uh, and, you know, Teenagers are going to be teenagers and there are going to be times where they make fun of each other and they're going to leave people out, but we don't have to let it go when that happens. And we can use those moments as grace filled teaching moments about why community is important and why we do things together and why it takes a whole team to pull a sleigh. Uh, those kinds of things, those lessons are really, really important for student ministries to understand along the way. And when, as a group, they begin to understand like, oh, this isn't just some kid that I've labeled as a weird or whatever, but they're actually a part of our family here. That can be a game changer for that, Rudolph. Yep, that's right. That's good. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.